Hello, everybody, and welcome. All thanks to LD Mobile. This is NBL Overtime. Hashtag NBL Overtime to get involved as we are all in isolation still, still quarantined, and I hope you are staying safe wherever you are. Huge show ahead of us. Homicide, my man. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. <laughs> Let me hear it. Sunday night, I'm relaxing at home. I've got the feet up. I'm watching an NBL Rewind game. We're going to uh, get into that later on in the week. And I got a missed call from Dan Ewing. And I'm like, why would Dan Ewing be calling me? And I text him. He's like, I'm trying to find Homicide. We're meant to have an Instagram live and he's gone missing. So I'm glad you're here today, even though you couldn't be there Sunday. Yeah, um, Sabrina cooked some good food. And uh, I went into food coma immediately. So I ended up doing it the next day. So it's all good, man. Shout out to Dan Ewing. Had a real good conversation on Instagram Live, and he actually agreed with me that it was a bust for the city. Might get to that. NBL.com.au. Liam Santa Maria. This time last week, I spoke glowingly about your article with Bryce Cotton. I thought there is no way you can top that, but your article, your chat, and the way you told the story, and also to Deshaun Taylor for opening up and allowing you to ask the questions you did and wrote it. That was a brilliant article. NBL.com.au. It's wonderful work. Good job. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, less of a good job with by you by your facial hair. What is oh going on? Oh my god! Come on, man. Uh, hang on a second. Isolation doesn't have to mean this. Hang on. There's a, yeah, there's that's a couple. That's crazy, of, man. No, hang on, hang on. All right. So, firstly, there's a couple of things. Isolation isn't wearing me down. I actually did this for a little bit of a chuckle to make someone laugh because you know, obviously, sometimes you get a bit bored in isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't funny. Uh, when I sent the photo through and I spent a little house party time with them and um, I forgot to shave. So uh, I apologize. <laughs> Here we are. So, okay. you know, this, you know what? This is what I do. I do funny, weird stuff, isolation or otherwise to uh, light up the lives of others. And it's just been a virtual fail. But I will, it'll be gone for NBL Rewind and for NBL Overtime <laughs> next good, week. I promise. Good. But thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, nah, thanks. But uh, no, nah, good to be back with you guys. Talk some hoops. I mean, we got some feedback after last week's show. People appreciating a bit of normalcy. The show doesn't look like what it normally does, but we talk about the same things in the same way. And um, even though free agency has pushed back, um, there's, you know, this point in time last year, we were talking about all kinds of crazy things. Casper Ware, Mallow Tremble, Sean Long. But behind the scenes, there are still plenty of things going on in the NBL landscape. There, of course, is. The Illawarra Hawks have gone into administration, at least been taken over, controlled by the NBL. That sort of broke that Thursday, late Thursday afternoon, evening, Friday morning. And then Jermaine Jackson, Amanda, you're quite close with Homicide, of course, uh, with the Lamelo Ball Camp, said in the States... It's done. We bought the team. And it sort of led to this chaotic, a million different conversations going. It isn't quite done yet. We're going to get into exactly where it does sit. But what are your first thoughts when you're hearing these type of things, Homicide? Man, I woke up to that. I had no idea that was happening. I just saw all over social media. And I was like, wow, this is news to me. Um, Then I saw that the NBL put a statement out a little shortly after, stating that that wasn't the case. So... You know, it was just a matter of what's going on. And, you know, obviously, NBL is the NBL. So if the NBL puts a statement out saying that that's not the case, that wasn't the case. So um, I understand that they put their hand up and they bid in to, you know, be part owners and own the team. But it has not come to fruition yet. So that's just where it's at. Before I let you 
free and tell us exactly what you think you're hearing or what you are hearing, Liam. I, I will say this. And now, obviously, there's always different conversations and sometimes there's some unrealistic bids or people who are interested in, in being a part of a pro sports franchise. But the amount of, you know, three or four seem to be fairly reputable groups right now that seem to be interested in buying the Illawarra Hawks or being involved with the ownership going forward is a great thing for a club that at different times has had a great deal of uncertainty. Now, this feels like, I know when you're in this situation that the uncertainty is always going to be there, but this looks like a higher level a better level of uncertainty than it might have been in the past. Yeah, I think, you know, for fans, anytime you hear the words voluntary administration, you start thinking negative thoughts about your club, its its future, where things are at. Clearly, the previous ownership, we can say that now under Simon Stratford, that, that wasn't viable moving forward. That wasn't going to get it done. And he has handed the license back to the league. But as we flagged on the show last week, there are a number of different groups and individuals who are keen to own this team. And that speaks volumes, as you were alluding to just then, to not only where that team sits, its history as a foundation club, but the strength of the league. People want to be involved in this league at an ownership level. Look at Kevin Martin buying in at, at Brisbane, uh, Romy Chattery buying in Southeast Melbourne. These are guys that live overseas, but own these teams that have people here running it on the ground. Paul Smith, we know is interested in owning this team as well as the Sydney Kings. Shout out to the Illawarra Mercury and the work they've been doing on the ground reporting on this story. They have been all over it. And yes, Lamelo Ball and Jermaine Jackson in partnership with Tori Laval. You would have seen over the years on the Illawarra jerseys, Multi, Civil and Rail. That's his company, a longtime major sponsor of the club and a guy from the Illawarra, passionate about keeping a team there, that team there and continuing to grow it. He and his family got quite close with Lamello and Jermaine Jackson while they were here. And that's where this partnership has come from. Now, obviously, there's been a little bit of a mess in terms of his communication with them, them thinking that it's done, speaking to ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni and the like. But I think when you step back and you see the forest for the trees, you've got an 18-year-old potential number one NBA draft pick, a guy who looks like he's a chance to be a future NBA all-star, at the NBA level, plays half a season in the NBL and wants to buy in, wants to invest, boy, that is pretty unbelievable. And and, um, whether it ends up being him and that group or somebody else, it's pretty clear that the Hawks are going to be in a much better place coming out of this. I want to ask you firstly before, and I, I, I think LaMelo Ball and Laval and Jermaine Jackson and whatever the consortium is made up of, I think they will be the ones that end up owning the Illawarra Hawks. And I agree with you that I think that's probably the best thing for the club, for the league, continue to give the eyeballs and the conversation, which LaMelo Ball, you would think, and we spoke about this homicide after he left and became Rookie of the Year, that he would, and I'm sure as always, there's moments where he may not have loved every single second of it, but he would have a glowing recommendation for the NBL where he came here, was given the, the reins of the team to run, had a really good year, and his stock went through the roof. You talk, you talk on him, and this draft is, this NBA draft is a million times different to anyone we've seen when it comes to players and also the current situation, you know, sweeping the world. But he wasn't a first-round pick. He was definitely not a lottery pick until he got here. So he's going to have great feelings, emotions, and his time back on the league. He can only continue to give great advice to other young players coming through if they don't want to go to college, that the NBL and maybe the Illawarra Hawks is the best place to go about it. Just quickly, how – what I just said, Homicide, do you think Lamello will help 
bring or suggest and funnel players down here, either as a next star or as an import player based on him, Jermaine Jackson and that crew? I think it, it, it'll come, he'll have a whole lot of influence, that's for sure, but it'll come down to who's the head coach. You know, I personally believe that whoever the head coach is, Melo's 18 years old, man. He got to focus on his career. Yes, he has, he could potentially be in a, a part of the ownership group, but he got to focus on the NBA and everything going on down there. So he'll be an owner, but he won't be active hands-on with this Illawarra Hawks team if that were to come to fruition. He got the NBA to figure out mm-hmm. in that journey. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's the part for me that fills me with the most amount of confidence about that bid and about that consortium. If it was LaMelo and Jermaine on their own, yeah, oh, well, let's own the Hawks from way over here and while we're doing all these other things, then those questions would come about. Well, how, how's, how's that going to work? Is that a good thing for this, for this club? If it was Torrey Laval on his own, maybe that's not a possibility. Maybe the resources or the funds aren't necessarily there. But when you combine these two you know, interested parties into a consortium like this, I think it looks like it could work really well. Are you hearing, and it's, it's early, it is early days, but you touch on the coach there, Homicide. Should there be a little bit of nerves coming? And there's got to be, I guess, some type of nerves and the uncertainty, but Matt Flynn, who just finished his first, his rookie year, the head coach of the Warrior Hawks, I think he's got a three-year deal, so about to go into his, his second of three years. How nervous should he be, Liam? What, are you hearing that could be, a, or is it just too early to be having those type of conversations? I would say nervous. I mean, Corey flagged this early doors with the New Zealand Breakers when Matt Walsh and his group took over that club. New owners, new people. That is often how it works. You were not my guy that I put in place to begin with. I'm bringing someone else in. Paul Hanare was the coach of the Breakers at that time. He wanted a two-year deal. Matt Walsh only offered him one. They went in a different direction. You, we all read the quotes from Jermaine speaking to Jonathan Gavoni saying, look, once we get this process done, we now go down the road of putting the people in place that we want to put in. And of course, that includes and starts with the head coach. So could that be, will that be, might that be Matt Flynn? Maybe. But you want to you ask whether or not he would be feeling nervous or should be? Of course. You, you know, this means homicide. We've got nine clubs, of course, in NBL 21. And we might have seven coaches and two director of coachings patrolling the sideline. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, of course, with, uh, and, I, and I hope it is Matt Flint for his sake. But you know, the terminology was an interesting one in NBL 20 and it might continue in this offseason. I mean, you have to understand whenever there's regime change, you know, things get shaken up. That's just the business, the nature of the beast the nature of the business and sport that's, that we're in. So um, all you can do is hope that your body of work will give you another opportunity. Contract can get honored. If not, you sit down, you break bread with the new ownership group and you come to some sort of understanding on how we're going to move forward with the club or without the club. A little more. And, uh, Cam, sorry, just to jump in. I mean, I haven't looked too deep into this, but the process of putting the club into voluntary administration, what impact that has on current contracts that roll from this year into next season, that's something of interest because I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a clean slate situation. I was involved in a not too dissimilar situation with the Victoria Titans mm-hmm. in 2002 when we uh, went into voluntary administration as a result, I might have said contracts got torn up left, right, and center. Gorgon went here. Jason Smith went there. Tony Rollinson went over there. 
And Fittis and his crew took it over, took over the license, turned it into the Victoria Giants and put in place the guys that they wanted to, to roll with. So this, from my understanding, this, you know, once all this process rolls on, it's still going to be the Illawarra Hawks in the Illawarra and so on and so forth. But contracts like Matt Flynn's and like Sunday Detches and Angus Glovers, what impact it has on those guys, we'll have to wait and see. Well, we are going to have a look at the Illawarra Hawks and their playing stock. She's under contract and what obligations players have, or at least the current Hawks club has to their players shortly. So we'll get to that very shortly. I want, this is such an interesting, interesting off-season. It, it, it's such an interesting time for sports because there's going to be a new normal in all sports right across the world. And the NBL, while we are currently in an off-season, is not far into that. And, and we are looking at different ways that NBL 21 might be different. It might be shorter. It might have no imported players. Travel restrictions, we have no idea. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone what's going to happen in October. But I just want to flag this. Matt Walsh, of course, a New Zealand breakers. This is a quote. Uh, he sat down and had a chat to Mark Hinton in New Zealand in the last couple of days. We've got some really good international Kiwi players who are home now. You don't know when they're going to be able to travel. You don't know what the European season is going to look like next year. I can tell you we are recruiting some of those guys really hard. You've got guys like Isaac Fotu and Ty Webster who are import-level players. You slot them in and it's very easy to stay competitive. Now, I, I, look, obviously it's sort of a long way away, but the all Aussie, the all New Zealand lineups, obviously we, we might see something different. And Matt Walsh, if you read all that article and you can jump online and check it all out, he's confident that if he can get these guys to stay and it's all Kiwi, that they can take the thing. And, and judging by some of the names that he throws out there, it's not totally unrealistic. Liam, I'll start with you. That'd be a hell of a squad. I mean, I'd be excited to get Isaac Foto and Ty Webster mm-hmm. into this league. Um, and... These are conversations. Yes, he's looking at what that would look like for his team. All the clubs, all the owners, the CEOs, the head coaches around the league are looking at what these types of scenarios would mean for their club. Um, and, I mean, we, we, who knows what the situation is going to be like, how this is going to play out. But you've got to look at the possible scenarios and prepare for them. What if the borders aren't open? This is what Matt Walsh is talking about. Now, obviously, that'd be an issue for New Zealand coming to Australia anyway. But what if they're not open and you can't bring imports in? Well, what's that going to mean? What, does that mean this, the, the whole league is no imports? Does that mean Bryce Cotton doesn't play? Does that mean Ty Wesley doesn't play? Does that mean Casey Prey, this contract doesn't? I mean, how does that... This is what the owners' meetings and the CEO meetings at the moment are all talking about. The NBL, talking with the, the Players Association. They're throwing a whole bunch of different things up in the air conversations about all right well let's let's maybe help each other by for one season reducing the size of the rosters this is a conversation that's taking place right now what if we're 10 players rostered players next season what if we even if the borders are open we're bringing imports in what if we go from three imports down to two and everybody can save some money that way what if we reduce we remove the salary floor these are things that all the clubs are talking about at the moment throwing around and it will be interesting to see where all that lands. I think the new normal going forward will be to, we'll go back to two imports in the NBL. I think the depth of Australian and New Zealand basketball is growing each and every year. And I think there's another roster spot. I'm not talking necessarily in NBL 21, but I, I think that there is a fair case to have an argument. We go back to two imports and we open up another roster spot for a talented Aussie or Kiwi kid who might be coming out of college or spend some time in Europe and money could be funneled or playing 
roster and depth and opportunities could be funneled towards an Australian guy. I tell you what, I'm aside, an interesting conversation. If in fact it goes to no imports, which is obviously a long way down the path, obviously, but Bryce Cotton lives in Australia. He's under contract at the Perth Wildcats. He is here. If he isn't naturalized, which is, of course, a dicey situation because he sort of put that in, as he said in that article with you a couple of weeks ago, Liam. He's living in his country, ready to go and hoop. His Instagram every day is talking about, if it's not talking about his wonderful family, it's talking about how much he misses basketball. That would be an, an unbelievable situation where Bryce Cotton is here as an import, cannot play, even though he's ready and able to go for the Wildcats. It would be nuts. And that's the world we currently live in, Homicide. Bryce Cotton should be naturalized shortly if i'm correct correct guys shortly mm-hmm. well i mean that will be pushing imagine. for that to get done as quick as possible obviously now you better believe under these circumstances perth wildcats damn sure will be pushing and be paying whatever they got to pay to get it done the right way of course yeah. but they're pushing right mm-hmm. i would still have perth to win it because if he get naturalized and there's no locals <laughs> there's no imports oh my god i i i would put and I'm going to say it now. Mm-hmm. With that backcourt, the New Zealand breakers I have with the with Corey Webster and Ty Webster and Foto. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. New Zealand, perfect. Let's go. <laughs> hey. And not to mention, and not to mention. There we go. Angus Brent. Imagine Perth Wildcats get him back to replace Plumlee. Come on, man. They lose not a thing. They lose nothing. Well, can I give a shout out? Is Miles Plumley still in the country? Because this is why he came to Australia, wasn't it? Now, homicide, you're the one who knows a little more about this stuff more than I do, but I believe he's got an Australian girlfriend who was based on the Gold Coast, hence why he was in the country and then ended up part of a champ. Like, so Miles Plumley could be still in the country. The Wildcats might still have almost their, their full squad ready to go. No, 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 no. There's no, there's no way. There's no way they're going to have the borders closed, but imports can play, but only the guys that are here. I agree. I know we, I agree with you. I'm just saying how it would be. Just for New Zealand, just back to Walsh, Jack yeah. Salt, of, of course, he won an NCAA championship a couple of years ago. A guy I don't know great too much about, but it's got a great name. In fact, would almost be the best name in the NBL next year. Max Darling, who's only about 19 or 20, big unit, been playing in Croatia. Is another kid that they've spoken a little bit about too. So there's a lot of, we here, of course, focus on the Australians, but there's a lot of Kiwi kids, collegiately or European, who if Matt Walsh can talk them into coming over and playing, and they've got the whole country as well. Keep that in mind. They've got the whole New Zealand. Now, it's a great deal smaller in population-wise compared to Australia, but he can get them all to buy in on the one, on the one sort of note. That's going to be a fun squad to watch. So listen, man, Corey Webster... And Ty Webster, if you going all locals in this league, nobody want to see that backcourt, man. There's no team that want to see that backcourt. Hard to argue. We'll talk. A There's no argument. No, I'm, I'm. Hence why I said it's hard to argue. We're not. We're not arguing that. <laughs> we're not. We most definitely are not. Anything on New Zealand before we move on, Liam? There's another kid. You talk about Jack Salt. Another kid coming out of college, uh, Yanni. I think it's Wenzel or Wetzel. Um, I've been looking into his tapes recently. Uh, he's good, and he's gonna. I think he'll land with the Breakers in one way, shape, or form. Um, and yeah, Max Darling is can 
ball. He's a big, strong boy. We saw him over at Summer League where his agent was uh, sitting him down having conversations with a bunch of NBL clubs. But you talk about all those names, Isaac Fotu, Ty Webster. There are a bunch of big Australian names mm -hmm. that fall into this conversation as well. Fotu and Webster playing for big clubs in Europe. Okay, maybe they won't go back there. Maybe the breakers can bring them into the NBL. Maybe that applies for Jock Landau. Maybe that applies for Ryan Brokaw. Yeah. Teams, teams are thinking about, I'm telling you right now, NBL teams are thinking about and talking to the representatives of these guys. Corey mentions Angus Brandt. You can, I tell you right now, Sammy Wachowski is getting plenty of calls about Angus Brandt right now. What's his situation? Just got back from Italy and uh, arrived back in the country. Will he be going back? Mango Matiang. Played really Mango. well in Turkey. God, the Mango. What? Oh, my God. Played really so well this in This league Turkey. would be crazy, Nick. Even if you go straight locals, bring all the locals home? Oh, my goodness. That would be crazy. Mm -hmm. I think the interesting name with this, I mean, obviously, Jot Landau, Ryan Brokoff, those guys are seriously elite NBA-level guys. Uh, Brock Moto, still in mm. Spain. He's been with Valencia. His, they've, they've stayed in Spain. His wife or partner is about to have a baby. That baby's going to be born in Spain soon. And we shout out and send our best and hope you know, all of that goes very well to them because it can't be a tough, that can't be an easy place to be right now. But, you know, does he, do they stay there? Does, does he come back to the NBL? Because we know, we saw when he was with Adelaide, he was a beast. Well, he was all NBL first team, and he's only got better. Mm. Uh, the Brock Modem, uh, yet again, I don't think there's any argument. The Brock Modem we see now in Spain is better than the version. Now, the league's probably, well, league is better than it was in 2014 15, but he's much better as well. So mm. he, he's a guy. And, you know, and then you look at the, the, the college kids, uh, some who might have just finished up. Jack White was a guy that, you know, mm -hmm. 12 months ago, there was a little bit of conversation if he was going to turn pro. He went back and did another year, of course. And so there's college kids as well who are like, hey, you know what we're going to do? We may not have going to go to Australia when we have our first ever professional year, but this situation's kind of forced their hand a little bit and go play in the league that continues to get bigger and better every year. I understand the, conversation, the conversations that are happening with these guys right now, uh, they're, they're very kind of conceptual. Not a lot of specifics being talked. Because the clubs are not in a position to sign no. these guys, put money on the table for these guys right now because there's so much uncertainty about how long this all plays out, what the rules are going to be, three imports, two imports, one import, no imports, 11 roster players, 10 roster players, what's the salary cap situation going to be? When does the season start? Does the season start? There's so many questions up in the air. They can't go about signing these guys right now. Interesting too, as well, the NBL put out a statement last week about, or might have been earlier this week about Tasmania and, and, and pointed out the, the obvious that the government, Tasmanian government, have a much bigger and better priorities of keeping everyone safe than the NBL team to come into it. But it does factor in with free agency, which as it stands right now is slated to start on May 1st, which is a little less than a month away. But if you are a team coming in in another 12 months, it, def it definitely plays on the mind of, of, of agents of players rather than sign maybe a one and done deal and maybe go into free agency in 12 months time. They might look at a longer deal, which gives them a little bit of uh, you know, safety and financial stability in these tough times. It's an interesting balancing act. The NBL are having to get into right now because it is such murky waters with things that are much more important than getting up and down on a court. 
Yeah, I mean, I certainly think there's players that are taking that into consideration mm. already. And if, for instance, you met a guy like Jason Kiddie picking up that player option to stay with Brisbane, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an element of that going, all right, this is not a bad situation for me. I'm just going to pick up this for the next 12 months. Another team's going to come into the marketplace. If you're coming off contract, that's a good place to be. Mm. But if, in fact, that new team does get pushed back 12 months, well, that impacts the decision-making that he may have taken in that situation. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. All right, let's talk at the Illawarra. We spoke a little bit about the Illawarra Hawks. Actually, any more other free agency news for us, Liam, before we go? No, I think that's about it. You got anything for us? In terms of the, you know, what's that? I was just going to say, Homicide got anything for us. He occasionally gets a DM. No, I'm good. <laughs> nothing, nothing. It's dry over here these days. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, all right, well, you're in a bathrobe 99% of the time, so I assume it would be. All right, hashtag NBL. We need you to reach out to JJ and get, get yes. the word for next week. Yes, I agree. Can you do that? I mean, what, what, what am I asking? Have you bought the team? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with the coach? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know if he has the team, so... That question can't be asked. Yes, it can. Yeah. If you get the team, yeah. what would you do with the coach? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is how you do it, homicide. This is how you do it, right? Like I, I'll do it to Liam You're right telling now. Telling me how to get how to get information. Out well, of hang somebody. on a second. Hang on. Listen to this. It'd be like this. Hey, Liam. Yeah. If you became the general manager of the Tasmanian team, who would you look to coach the team? These are questions that just can't be asked right now. Just can't be answered right now. There's so much uncertainty, a lot of water to go under the bridge. Get me back in six months. All right, let's talk about what we do kind of know, although there's not much we do know by this particular time. Let's have a look at the Laura Hawks. We spoke about the off-court and how that's all playing about. Let's look at the contracts that are currently on court as we head towards NBL 21, wherever that may be, and so much is going to change. But who is currently under contract to the Hawks? We look at the depth chart there. Glover who, you know, continues to just get better and better as that year went on. Uh, Sunday Ditch there, Froling as well. Now, with the team options, Blansfield, Nah, and Ogilvy, but I don't believe that's 100%. Um, there's been a situation where there's a couple of club options and team options. Just want to explain how they all work, please, Liam, because a lot of people out there might not know the difference between team, mutual club, and all the rest of it. Blanchfield and Nah are both mutual options. So both the club and the uh, player have the uh, ability to walk away from the deal at this point. AJ Ogilvy is a club option, so that fall sits in the hands of the uh, the Hawks organisation. Greta Conrad, Boone, Anderson, all free agents. Greta, of course, with the ACL, and we'll see how that plays out. I'm so when you look at this, what slaps you in the face first? Here's my here's my starting five for Illawarra. I'm going with Sunday Detch at the point. At the two, I'm getting the import. At the three, I'm getting the import. At the five, I'm getting the import. So for me, I'm going to get a two, three, and a five. I go with, with, with Detch and Nob. Let them fight it out every, every, every round to see who starts and who plays. The bench. Whew. Glover, I like. Got to find out what's going to happen with Greta. They in a world of hurt, man. This, this rock, they, they, whew. I don't even know where to start, but this is. And now, mind you, with the situation that we're in, there may be no imports. I don't know where to start with this roster, man. 
I'll tell you where they should start. They should, they should go and get the Froling brother and have both of them at Illawarra. I, I think, you know, we talk about Matt Walsh, Liam. We talk about Matt Walsh and his comments around New Zealand. I think Illawarra have an opportunity with the Nucleus, with Glover, with Stetch, with Nah to an extent. Froling, who was actually really good when he was able to get going and have cons- consistency. They can build an Australian Nucleus. Now, I'm not saying don't go importless, but I, I think that this is a roster with what they've got and their opportunity to go and get some others, I think they can build something a little bit unique here in Illawarra. Yeah, they, they can. They've got some work to do, of course, and they need them. You know, if there's, if there's going to be imports, one, two, how many there's going to be next season, they need to nail those like Cairns did last season. I think they need to make sure that they're putting plenty of resources into getting the right guys. It's what the Taipans did. Those guys weren't budget guys. I mean, Scott Machado is not a budget import, even in year one in this league. DJ Newble re-signing, Cam Oliver cost, you know, enough. Those guys put a lot of resources into their imports. They need to do that. The whole, I don't love Sunday Deck at the one. He can certainly defend the one. He's great at guarding the elite point guards like Casper Ware and those guys around the league. He's not the guy you want running your team, whether that's Emmett Nah or Angus Glover or a offensively or an, or an import one. I think it needs to be someone else in that regard. He's much more effective on the wing, I think, offensively. I, you mentioned Harry Froling. I mean, reading the tea leaves, I think Harry Froling lands at either Illawarra or Cairns, mm-hmm. given his, two, his ties to those two organizations, his relationship with Mike Kelly's family's relationship with Mike Kelly, his brother here in Illawarra, where these teams and their rosters currently sit. I want to talk about Todd Blanchfield. It's my understanding that even before coronavirus threw all of this uh, into chaos, um, he, he was looking very, very closely at exploring free agency, Walk, walking away from the mutual option in his contract and seeing what else is out there. I'm not sure he's a lay down Mazzetta to resign with Illawarra. Um, and if in fact going into voluntary administration has impacted on these contracts, those guys, Detch, Glover and Froling will become very hot property on the free agent market. It, it would be, and this is, this is obviously that again, the balancing act and you've got to try and sort this ownership situation out sooner rather than later, because you don't want to get to a situation where you gave opportunities last year, homicide, you know, Glover, brilliant, you know, all those ACLs and what he's been able to do has been brilliant. You know, Froling, as I touched on before, Detch was one of the revelations. How he wasn't nominated for Rookie of the Year is a conversation we had on NBL Overtime at different points. But they put all this kind of work into these kids. Now, the season didn't go anywhere near as well as the Hawks fans want, but they've kind of got these kids playing some good basketball. And then if they get tossed out into the open market because of this situation, it might be a real struggle to get them back. And I'm not going to say it's a waste, but it goes a long way to undoing a lot of good work last year, which would be horribly disappointing for the basketball team and their fans. Look, I agree with you, you know, but, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but these are the breaks. This is what happens a lot with mm. a lot of different teams. So they got to do whatever they can do to retain those guys that were shining stars for their season. Hopefully they can get back. Uh, I mean, Glover will be there, but that should come back. Hopefully not come back. And I'd like to see both of them at that point guard position. But guess what? We hear talk with the camera in our faces. We don't make those decisions. So we'll see how it all goes. 
<laughs> Hashtag NBL Overtime. Hawk heads to get involved at NBL to tell us what you are hoping happens. More on court. Of course, so much of the conversations about what's happening is off court. Let's get to Melbourne United. Let's do it. Took a long time to get going last year. or They got going for a month or so in early December. Flirted with missing the playoffs. Then flirted with making a grand final. Only fell three or four minutes short against the Sydney Kings. Look at the depth chart there. Illy McCarron, both started late in the year. Prather, of course, with that injured knee and just couldn't get going. Um, Achul, as you touched on, Liam, last week. You know, the option's been taken up by the team. And their free agency galore. The big one, Chris Golden there, Sam McDaniel, Trimble, Barlow, Pledger, Smith-Milner, Long. They've got some good guys under contract, in particular those first two. Huge question mark over Prather. But uh, the players out of contract will go a long way to determining where this Melbourne United team goes. I'll go to you first, Liam. What are you hearing? Uh, well, it was interesting listening to Dean Vickerman talk on a podcast, the Aussie Hoopla podcast recently, and um, talking about this situation, saying conversations have been happening with Chris Golding and Dave Barlow. Yes, but we can't, you know, we can't as a club go any further with those those signatures and those contracts at this point until we work out how it's all going to play out. Um, I think the Casey Prather situation is a very interesting one because yes, he's under contract for next season. Um, And so the expectation is if the league goes ahead, there's imports in play, he will be on that roster. But as the, as uh, Vickerman and Crivelli are going, um, are mentioning every single time they get an opportunity, he's going to need to pass his medical. He's going to need to pass his medical on his knee and prove that he's going to be good to go. Because if he doesn't pass that medical, the contract gets torn up and they start again with that spot. Um, And then I also found this interesting. I wrote this quote down from Dean Vickerman from that interview with regards to Mallow Trimble and Sean Long and whether they go back to those guys. He said, we like the core that we've got right now. We'll be really patient with our imports. We'll go through a much greater process in making sure that we not only get the skill set right, but that we get the culture part right as well. What does that mean for those guys? Well, we will have to wait and see. Thomas, what would you do? Well, based off the, that quote, <laughs> he's not going what I would do. <laughs> oh, well, well, okay. I would, what would back, you? I would bring back Melo Trimble mm-hmm. and I would bring back Sean Long. They got better at the end of the season. They were playing really good basketball at the right time. It was just a play of short. I think that Casey Prather played such a huge role what they were going to do, trying to do, attempting to do. He just wasn't helping. If he was playing, they would have made the grand finals. It would have been a different season. He changes them so much defensively. Like he can guard one, two, three, maybe even all the way to the four. We spoke about that in the offseason, the preseason down in Tassie for the Blitz, that the league almost positionless when it comes to that sort of three, four sort of interchangeable position. So there is no doubt defensively they missed Prather so much. Stanton Kid came in, but it's probably too late. Although he played some okay basketball late, but it's probably too late to really get the chemistry. Late. And the, the, the good player was just too late. The interesting thing would be, and I'll ask you this on my side, Mallow Trimble was a hell of a lot more effective off the bench. Okay, so late in the year when they played their best basketball, his best game, in fact, they lost when they should have probably beat Brisbane when he started on the bench and he just went nuts in that second quarter. But if you're Mallow Trimble and you're that in this particular stage of your career, are you happy with, because I think those conversations would be, hey, you know what, we've got Illy who was really good, McCarron, maybe Chris Golding. Would he be happy or would you be happy if you were in his position to come back as a, as a six man as he was when he was at his most effective? 
Well, if he wants to come back in this league, that would be the situation for that team. Mm-hmm. That would be the situation if that was an option. There's no other option for him there. And I don't think there's really any other option for him with any other club that he would want to play for. Sydney's locked up at the point. Look at all the point guards. They're locked up. They're not going to Perth. They're not going to Cairns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where else would you go? That That's a team that's in playoff contention. Hey, Luara. position right there. No, he's not going to Luara. Okay. He wouldn't be going there. Mm-hmm. They finished dead last, so he would want to go there. And would they be able to pay what he would be interested in, in getting? So to come back into this league for a competitive club, it would be Melbourne United if that option even would even exist. Judging from what Liam just said, Bigelman's uh, quote was, that option does not exist. But that's what I would do. I mean, if you spoke to Melo, they went and spoke to him and he mm-hmm. said, I'm happy to come off the bench. Mm-hmm. That worked amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that looks to me like, an, you know, you've got Illy, you've got McCarron who can play minutes at the one in that starting lineup. And then you bring Mallard Trimble off the bench. The, the, the thing that makes things tricky for Trimble as a starting point guard in the league is he's so hard to stay in front of. He knows it. He can get by his guy anytime he wants. He's like the Kyrie Irving of the NBL when he's out there. He's just off the dribble. He is almost unstoppable. And as a result, time and time again down the floor, he's looking to make plays. He's looking to get two feet in the paint. He's looking to get to the rim, get to the free throw line. But when you've got in a starting lineup, you've got guys like Chris Golding and Sean Long and Mitch McCarron out there on the floor, Casey Prather if he's out. Those guys need to see the rock. Everyone needs to see the ball. So bringing him off the bench said, hey, you go out there and don't try to be something you're not. Be you. He's putting up 35 points, 36 points, and having a great impact. If you can bring him back on that understanding to play that role, I say you go ahead and do that 100%. And if you look at, you know, you might have to go back to watch games closely, but he was more, he's seen more instances from the stands, obviously, or the couch, more engaged. His body language is a lot more positive in the last month of the year. Now, if you looked at it when they were struggling, you know, over the Christmas, New Year period, and they, a lot of it, well, he wasn't the only one who obviously wasn't overly happy with the way that things were going from a win-loss perspective, but he looked a hell of a lot more engaged late in that run that they made with him as a six-man, and the team played a hell of a lot better for it. The big question, I guess, is... If you are Melbourne, do you look at that, say, three-week period where it worked really well? Or is that the outlier? And is the rest of the season the thing that might be the norm going to NBL 21? That, that's the big question, I guess. to have Because it's easier to have everyone buy in two weeks out from the playoffs and say, hey, you know what? Give us this for two weeks. And we can have a real crack at this thing. I, I know it seems remarkable considering the basketball we've played. So that's always different conversations. Um, Chris Golding, Liam, are you hearing anything? Holding pattern. Mm-hmm. It's a holding pattern. They need to wait and see what happens with the rules and the salary cap and how all that's going to play out. What I'm going to find interesting is when it all does get settled down, hopefully sooner rather than later, and he signs a deal, is that a one-year deal with Tasmania coming in the following year? Do, does the Tasmanian team, is he going to wait to see what the outcome is with Tassie and say, they're coming in next year, one-year deal. They're coming in in two years, all right, let's play a two-year deal. Because when that team comes into play, 
I mean, there's going to be conversations with his management mm. about him being the marquee guy for that team because the locals down there would get around it. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Anything before we got a little special surprise coming, Homicide? Anything before we get to it? I think that Liam's right. I think CG43 signs a one year deal. I think he'll sign, if he signs in the NBL, I think he'll sign a longer term deal, but we'll see how it plays out because the Tasmanian thing is interesting, but the way that the world is now, I think financial, I think these players will be looking for a bit more financial stability considering they might not be able to go and earn money overseas, which might've been in the back of, of Chris Golding's mind at some point. Maybe, but even if he, even if he doesn't necessarily want to go back to Tassie and play Mm -hmm. in Tassie, you, it would be smart to have a situation where he's in the marketplace Mm -hmm. when they can make an offer. That's true. Right. He's the face of the franchise for Melbourne United. And if he can come off contract, they can make him a big offer and he can go to United and say, hey, you willing to match it? Mm -hmm. That's a good place for him to be. All right. This is what happened to me this morning, Homicide. I was just uh, putting a little uh, oil in the mo, and I got a text from Liam that said, hey, you know what? I'm going to bring something today. The best of Santa's. (laughs) I'll tell you what. And a big shout out to Santa's little helpers right across the country because everyone in isolation and quarantine must have been sending him texts and going and tweets saying, hey, you know what? All our good work needs to be again put on there on NBL overtime. So here it is, the best of Santa's watching for NBL 20. Liam Santa Maria doesn't miss the beat. Let's get the Santa's watching. It's time for Santa's watching. Oh, yeah. I think we've got another Santa's watching. Is that right? Double dose. Yeah, let's roll the vision. <laughs> hey, Wesley, this is not how you treat the coach's son. Hold on. What? What's going on? It's Sam Cassell. Big plump. <laughs> he notices he's the... And now he's like, it's my moment. He's doing giving us everything. Every single move that he's got. Then, Magna, you got to inbound the ball from behind the baseline, big fella. Yo, he got dunked on so hard, he forgot to take the ball. He forgot in the tropics. Hey! With Alex Clout. My first appearance oh, in Sam's Logic. Casey Prather. He missed the last two with back spangers. Spasms. Excuse me. <laughs> back spangers. It's an issue that Casey Prather has had. Corey was talking, but his mic wasn't near his mouth. You guys can't hear me? Tyrell Harrison, the three's down. Yeah, boys! Mac! Oh, damn! The little kid with the glasses! How much does Billy Preston like the the camera? camera. (laughs) (laughs) I'll play one day in the NBA, but right now I want to go to Europe and see the world while I'm young. Xavier, welcome to the Sydney Kings. Right now I want to go to Europe. (laughs) Next minute. Welcome to the Sydney Kings. Ladies, hit me up if you want a Christmas day. Look me up and add Harry Froll. Oh, yeah, Chris Gordon wants to have a chat. He's like, I'm on screen. Hold that thought. He's like, am I still on? (laughs) Am I still on? Yep. I just got a text. Uh That is a blockbuster signing. Perth Wildcats Uh just signed Sean Livingston. What? What does that mean? I thought I had a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> I had to tell the people. Monty Mayor. Oh, my God. Oh, God. just let the vision. Can we just roll 10 minutes of vision of Monty Mayor? Look at him. Look, he wanted to shake his hand. Uh, forget the yeah. hug. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the gesture's going to give it off his lap. Come on. you got to be kidding. And he's like, what's this? Like, Kuru. Okay. I'll give it a whirl. Can I, can I drink this? Okay. <laughs> 
Are you sure? Okay. <laughs> this is Blackwater. This is South East. This is not for drinking. This is like a sponsorship thing really? that's sitting on the table. It might have been there for weeks. <laughs> He's like, I'd say he likes He's it. Like, that's pretty good. I'm happy with that. And look, Mitch Creek. Look, he's getting into the uh, black water. Yeah. And back across, we get a look at the fact that he just did some work. No! <laughs> black water. And look at him just check out the, yeah. the result here. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> 75% for bogey? What body part oh, is Ramon Moore trying to dribble the ball with here exactly? <laughs> Can you explain this to me? <laughs> he's like, Talk us through this story. Hey. I was just warming up, you know, you know, it was the President's Cup, and I was. Oh, hey, there it is. Come on. You haven't improved in a decade. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like, what about Charlie Cameron oh. and Jeff Van Groningen? He just. Uh, that was, that was a bit, you Give the man a shout out for his mm -hmm. tweet. What is his mm -hmm. name? Mm -hmm. Josh Pace. Honestly, yes. I'm ready to Josh Pace. Shout out to Josh Pace. Okay. And watch Brendan Ashley's response as he looks for the window that's open. <laughs> Cheer it on. Lamella loves it. And he's like, what was that? And Damien's <laughs> is like, you've got eight seconds to get it over. <laughs> Just waving goodbye to the Sydney faithful. <laughs> I think Santa's not watching. Santa is always watching. I was watching. There we go. <laughs> there we go, the best of Santa's watching in no particular order. Actually, I've got a big question actually to come straight out of it. We spoke about Bryce Cotton and Miles Plumley may still be in the country as Perth imports. Is Sean Livingston still here or is he headed back home? That could really change NBL 21, Corey. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get so excited when you see something that just looks unreal. And I was like, I was like oh, my God. The source I got it from is a legit source. So I thought, and then, you know, it happened. You might <laughs> no, he's not here. He's still in California. <laughs> got a shout out to, uh, I think we should have an NBL overtime golf day in NBL 21. Oh, Obviously, I'm going to say I just picked up some new clubs. You and I, I don't know how you are, Liam. I'm not very good, but... I just think us three, Brad Robbins, whoever else wants to have a hit, we should find a place. <laughs> the homicide stopper. Have a hit. The homicide stopper. The homicide stopper. <laughs> and, and a big shout-out. We've already mentioned him already as well. Big shout-out to Harry Froling. If you're spending Christmas Day alone, you're probably quarantined alone. He might, I think he might be in the family house, but, uh, yeah, big shout-out to him. Uh, yeah. If you had a girlfriend, he didn't have her after that, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> And I will also say, you know, like uh, JaVale McGee with, uh, with Shackton a full Billy yep. Preston, if he had stayed in this league, he'd probably <laughs> he probably would have been once a week on Santa's watching. <laughs> well, he was here for one week and he made four appearances. So that gives you a slight little indication of how he, he would have gone. He wore his shorts backwards in the games. Now, you know what? Hey, homicide's a fashionista. Is that the new thing to do, Corey? Definitely not the thing to do. <laughs> all right hey big week uh, actually before we go actually no what i'll do firstly uh you can grab this nbl podcast as well jump on anywhere you get your podcast just type in nbl media and be able to get nbl overtime adam gibson goes one-on-one -on -one with patty mills that's going to be available tomorrow then nbl rewind liam and i are going to break down what game are we going to look at is it game four what's i hope this is the one i was thinking of Game four, 2007 grand final. No, 2008. 
2008? George at the end of the game, running around the cage like this with his left, left hand mm. raised. Yeah. All right. 2008. My yeah. apologies. Either way, I'm watching the right game. <laughs> I have watched a little bit of it. I still can't believe they have it played out, but we'll get to that. Um, now, before we get out of here, homicide. Oh, God. What now? Did you play against Gary Neal? Because he is 100% oh. disputing <laughs> the fact that you went at it somewhere in the States. I think New York. No, let, you know, sometimes there's guys that play in the NBA and when they get their asses bust by a guy that's not in the NBA, they don't, they want to act like it never happened. Mm-hmm. 55, Josh Shelby, Gary Neal, Brandon Jennings, Dante Green. They from Baltimore. And the team from New York came down and we played in this game. And I tagged some of my teammates that played in it. They ran on in detail how they just kept giving me the ball because he couldn't guard me. How can you go into detail about a guy? And the guy acts like he never played in the game. So, you know, I've, I've battled with a bunch of guys. Some guys give up the props. And this was the first guy that acted like it never happened. So these things happen and it's all good. <laughs> like, I understand what you're talking about. It's like the time I dropped 45 on Liam back in about 02. I bet you he doesn't remember what? it either. See? Thank you. I don't remember that game. Was I there? <laughs> I wasn't in that game. <laughs> hey, on that note, anything else before we get out of here, Liam? Are we done? That's you ready? For... All right, done. Homicide, I look forward to your bathrobe, Insta stories. Looking forward to it. Hashtag NBL overtime. Grab the podcast. Gibbo and Patty Mills tomorrow. NBL rewind on Thursday. Wherever you get your podcast, just type in NBL. It will pop up. Until next week, stay safe.